very, very, very much. Wow. Who in the world was that you were talking about? Let me give my wife the mic for a little bit because she'll kind of balance it all out for you. But it is indeed, you can be seated, an honor to be tonight and, of course, to be with this wonderful church, this great pastor, pastor's wife, these two great, well, I'll just say kids of theirs that are so special and important. And then, of course, to be with Elder Frost and Sister Frost. And then, I mean, come on. If you weren't here this morning at church, you need to, I don't know if you archive it, I don't know what you do, get the message. You need the message. Brother Jackson was incredible as God used him to minister. That message is one that you need to get a hold of and you need to listen to it about once a year for sure, maybe about once every six months, just to remind you that what God uses broken things, amen. And we all are there. We're all there. Hallelujah. And so it's been such an honor and thrill of mine to be here and to be with all of you. And it's good to have. It means so much I know to pastor and his family to have these visiting ministers to be here. Two sets of, three sets of youngs, uh, ministers here, along with brother and sister Shoemake, and uh, then other guests that are here. That means a lot to the family. And um, I've had some of them tell me that they were very, very uh, excited. I'm so excited you're here, Brother Wilmoth. But I said, uh, you're lying. Uh, you're excited about something else. But anyway, hallelujah. And, uh, but I'm just glad to be here. Now, I remember going to Minot, and I didn't know where Minot was. I had no idea. It was cold, and I'm from Michigan, and I'm used to cold. It was freezing cold. But uh, there I was able to spend time with a wonderful young man who had a love for the things of God and the people of God. And I could relate with him very much. And I remember, I can still see it right now in my mind, being in that church seeing your wife sit over here on this right-hand side. And uh, you guys were incredible, and you're still incredible. And I thank God that I have you in my life because you make me better. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me tonight as we go to the Word of the Lord. And, um, you know, um, 
I've been in prayer this past week and probably the last couple of weeks and felt the Lord direct me because I, I want to be able to lift up the hands of the ministry of this church. I want to be able to lift up his hands. I want to support him. And not only that, I want to help you make it to heaven. I want you to make it to heaven. I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want you to make it. I want all, every person in this world to go to heaven. Amen. And of course, as we've heard already, uh, this year has been a trying year. I'm not supposed to be here tonight. In all reality, I'm supposed to be in Liberia tonight. And I would be arriving in Liberia tonight for a minister's conference starting tomorrow and some other things. But because of COVID, I couldn't go. But I did see a Liberian shirt here tonight. I sent one good brother that he's got one of those Liberia. I can spot them a mile away. Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that they wore that because that makes me feel warm because I love going to Liberia. Amen. So we're going tonight to the book of Luke. And as I said in the 12th chapter, we are in some times where there's a lot of stress going on. There's a lot of things that are happening. Things that we've never seen ever before. Experiences that in my lifetime we've never had. It's kind of blown us away. There's been some anxiety. There's been stress. There's been sickness. There's been death. Uh, there's been fear. There's been doubt. There's been a lot of wonder about what's going on. We've seen a lot of social unrest. We've seen that there's a lot of division that is happening in our world. And we feel antsy about it. And yet we realize that in all actuality, this is nothing more than letting us know that we are close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just uh, opening up our eyes to help us understand that Jesus Christ is going to come back. Jesus Christ. The trumpet is going to sound. The dead in Christ is going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I believe that there's a rapture that's going to happen. I believe that, friend, the church is going up. It's not going down. I believe that while we are at that time, we're at that day when we've got to get a hold of ourselves and really start recognizing what's going on. So I'm going to the book of Luke, the 12th chapter, 35th verse. 
Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered or allowed his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Notice this question by Peter. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us? or even to all. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants, the maidens, and to eat and to drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him asunder, or in two, and will point him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will. That servant, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will. He knew it, but he didn't put it into action. Okay, I want you to keep that in your brain. Shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. And they of him that and to whom men have committed much of him they shall ask the more. But of that day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is taking a far journey, who left his house, gave his authority to servants, I'm reading out of Mark, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh. At even, at midnight, or the cock growing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. That last portion I read out of Mark 13. Amen. And I want to preach tonight on this subject.
the subject that I want you to understand is this. Living in readiness. Living in readiness. Alert, ready, and on the job. Alert, ready, and on the job. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Passage of scripture when you're going to study eschatology or the things of the last days. The three places that normally that you would go to would be Matthew 24, Mark 13, or Luke 21. These particular places give what's known as the Olivet Discourse. The time when Jesus is with his disciples and they are, he has just introduced to them the thought that the day is coming that the temple will be destroyed. And so that is an important thought to begin to understand. At the end of Mark's uh, rendition, uh, he will do one thing. He will give us in just a couple of scriptures, he will use a word that is very, very important in Mark 13, 32 through 37. He will use this word, watch. It's an important word. It's an important word because what it has to do with is to open your eyes, alert yourself, understand what's going on. And thus, Luke takes that particular thought and there in the middle of chapter 12 at the end begins to talk about it. Yes, Luke is having what is called giving a narration of a journey of Jesus that starts in chapter 9 and will go down there to chapter 18. Jesus is traveling from Galilee, making his way to Judea. Chapter 12 starts off with Jesus talking to his disciples. It's important to understand this is a teaching moment. It's a moment that he's trying to get some things across to them. If we were looking at it, we could see that he would talk about anxiety and their worry. And, well, it can't do anything for you. But what you need to do is learn to trust the Lord. He will speak against fear. And there help us, those disciples, to realize that don't worry what's going on. Realize this one thing. If the Lord can take care of the birds, he can take care of you. Amen. Yes, fear is dominating our world. Fear is dominating many people today. Fear is dominating some of you today. But I want you to know this one thing. My God's still on the throne and my God can still take care of you and there's nothing that you have to be afraid of because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I don't care what the devil throws against you. I'm here to declare my God will take care of you. He talks about a number of other things that I'm not going to go into tonight. But finally he gets to our scripture text here. And there 
he begins to, to talk to his disciples. He's already been talking to them. What's interesting to me, he gives two parables. And in the middle of the parables, we have this question by Peter. Are, is this parable for us or is it for all? Is it for us disciples or, for, or is it for everyone else? I propose to you that when you look at the word of God tonight at this cutting of scripture, what you need to understand, this message is not for those that are not here. This message is not for the sinner, but I'm preaching to disciples. I'm trying to get disciples to understand that this is our greatest hour. I'm trying to get you to understand. You gotta be prepared for the coming of the Lord. You gotta live in in attitude and state of preparedness. You see, that's Jesus kind of doesn't directly answer that and say yes. But when you read what we read, we see that it has to do with disciples. First thing that Jesus says is this. Let your loins be girded about and your light burning. In other words, what was he saying? Their robe friend would hang down. But if they were going to take action, if they were going to there be ready to move, just like they had to do in Egypt, they had there gird their, their robe up because that allowed them free movement. That allowed them to move. That allowed them to take action. And Jesus said, disciples, do this one thing. Get ready for action understand you've got to be alert you've got to be ready you've got to understand that what it starts with a state of mind before you can act it starts in your mind you got to have the want to you got to have the desire you've got to be awake and alert to say it's time for me to start doing it's time for me to start moving I'm here to tell you you're living in 2020 Oh, yes, the age of COVID, but it's a time to shake yourself up. It's not a time to step back. It's a time to move forward. Disciples are to be people that are always on alert. They are to always be ready. The first parable that he gives describes a scene in which several servants are waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. The point is they had to constantly be vigilant so that when he would come back, they would be ready to open the door. They would be ready to help him when he arrived home. If they were watching and they were ready then notice what would happen. Something would happen. There would be something that would take place. All of a sudden, there would be an upside down situation. What would happen? Yes, that man, their Lord, their master would 
set them down and he would serve them. It was a change. It was servants were being served. I am here to let you know when you look here at that word master in the Greek, it's actually Lord. What's he saying? There is a day coming that when you are alert, you're ready, you're on duty and you're watching and you're giving it everything you got and you're ministering with everything you have and you're being faithful to God the day's coming he's going to set down the church and he's going to serve them all of a sudden the servants are going to be served I'm here to tell you I want to be one of those that when he comes back he finds me ready he finds me serving That's humbling to me. The thoughts that myself, yourself, who are broken people with problems, with struggles, with what? Stuff in our past, skeletons in our closet, things that we're ashamed of. But what happened? God came down, picked us up, and began to use us. And now we're serving in his kingdom. We're doing everything we can. Think the servants all of a sudden are served. It's humbling to me to think about the Lord Jesus Christ sitting me down and walking by me and serving me. It should have been the other way. I've served him, but notice what he does. He all of a sudden understands. You've been fighting at a time when the devil's been strong. You've been fighting against your own flesh, but you need to understand you still the test you never quit you never laid down you stayed ready you stayed alert you kept working you kept working that Sunday school you kept working that van you kept working the PA you kept doing everything you could to keep the church going forward and he says I am gonna serve you sit down The thoughts of him serving us. The thought of the serving servants being served is very, very humbling to me. Because you see, the Lord understands. Yeah, it would be very easy to live for the Lord in the millennium when the devil's bound and cast into a, into that bottomless pit for a thousand years. It'd be very easy when everybody knows what everyone knows the Lord and they're all going to Jerusalem to worship him but when you're living in the day and time we are living in you're fighting against the devil the devil's a roaring lying walking about seeking whom he may devour you're fighting against what a deceiver you're fighting against one that is wise one that is full of trickery 
victory. You're fighting against one that is not bound, but he is the prince and power of the air. He is the God of this world. That's why the church is so special. Because why? We are living for God in the middle of a sin-sick world. We're living for God in a world of perversion. We're living for God in a world, friend, that is filled with hatred and violence and all kinds of stuff. So he says, you know what I'm going to do to you, church? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you. He continues on. And there he goes on and he begins to speak. He said that if the good men of the house had known when the thief was coming, he would have stayed ready. A thief does not give you a calling card that says, I'm coming tomorrow at 3 p.m. A thief does not announce when he's breaking in to your house. He doesn't tell you when he's going to slip that, uh, that jimmy there in the window of your car. But if you're watching, if you're looking, if you understand the day and the time that we live in, that what people are doing crazy things, people are stealing, people are being thieves, people are killing, people are slashing off the heads of people as they're doing in France. When you begin to understand the day and time we're living in, something in you says, I'm gonna lock the door. I'm going to make sure there's security because I understand the thief could come at any time. I'm here to tell you, you better somehow lock it up tight tonight. You better understand I'm not backsliding. I'm not leaving God. I'm holding on to God. You better lock up tight your daily devotion to God, your time of prayer to God. You better protect every time you can come to the house of God. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to be here. You can see me here. I'm going to be worshiping. I'm going to be praising. Because why? Jesus is coming. I got to be ready. I've got to be ready. I've got to be alert. I've got to live in a state of readiness. I've got to make sure that I'm prayed up every day. I gotta make sure that I'm talking in tongues every day. I gotta make sure that what? My tithe is there every week. I gotta make sure that what? The pastor can count on me to be on the security team if needed. Because what we begin to understand is this. Three things are needed by disciples. You gotta be alert, you gotta be ready, and you gotta be on duty. 
There's a lot of people that say, I'm ready, but they don't have a ministry. They don't have a duty. They're not doing anything but coming and just sitting in the church. They think they're ready. No, when you look here, this is talking to disciples. This is talking to disciples. Disciples have got to have a duty. Disciples have got to have a ministry. Disciples have got to be working. This is to disciples. That what? What's happening here? It's how it's, he points in chapter, verse number 40. That what? There's a reckoning day. Peter then says, Who are you talking to, Lord? That's kind of what some of you are saying right now. Who's he preaching to tonight? Why don't you put your finger and look at yourself and point it right here? I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. Why? You're a disciple. You're a one God apostolic tongue talking individual. Holy living individual. I'm trying to get you ready. Jesus was trying to get his disciples ready. So what he does is, he goes on, and here he begins to talk about two servants that you could be. He says, notice here, verse 42, who then is that faithful and wise steward who his Lord will make him ruler over his household to give their portion of meat in due season. And then 45, a choice. But if that servant say in his heart, the Lord delayeth his coming and begin to beat the men servants and maiden to eat and drink and to be drunken. He's saying to his disciples, you have a choice. You can be a wise, faithful servant. Or you can be a servant that what? Is self-centered, only caught it up to your own stuff. You're not thinking about anybody else. You're a gossip to about a brother. You are what? A gossip about a sister. What do you do? You beat people with your words. You destroy people with your attitude. Or you can be a wise and faithful servant. That's the choices. That's what Jesus said. He said... The wise and faithful servant, what will he do? He said that what? what he'll make him ruler over his household to give them portion of meat in due season. 
Thank God for a man of God that's a wise and faithful servant that's given you meat. He's given this church meat. When he gets up to preach, he's given you meat. Why? He's taken care of you. You are the servants. What's he doing? He's trying to make sure his job is to make sure you have the strength to work in the field. You have the strength to work in the harvest. You have the encouragement to keep on going when you want to quit. He's trying there to lift you up when everything in your world is trying to keep you down. He's a wise, faithful servant. His job is to feed you. He could be someone that is self-centered, though. He could be someone that's only concerned about what? His, the amount of money that he gets. He could be someone that is what? Beaten the men's servants, the maidens. Could be someone that's doing that. Jesus is letting his disciples make a choice. What kind of servant are you going to be? That's your choice tonight. What kind of servant are you going to be? A wise, faithful one? Or are you going to be someone that is so caught up in yourself you can't work down here on work day, you can't give, you can't sacrificially give, you can't do anything, you're so self-centered that you are only concerned about us four and no more? Or are you someone that understands just a second, just a second, I don't want to be, I want to be a wise and faithful. I've got a ministry to do. I've got giftings that God has given to me. i got anointing that God has given to me. Ah, yeah. God has touched me. God's filled me with the Holy Ghost. God has saved me. God's reached down and picked me up. God has delivered me. I want to be a wise servant. I want to be working. What's interesting to me as I talk with pastors that during COVID, what's happened is there's some that have pulled back. I found one thing out. Those saints that are weak, they won't survive. The things, saints that are good, they'll survive. But the saints that are great, crisis causes them to go higher. Any pullback there at the rock? Any pullback there in San Jose? They know it's the end times. They know. But what's happened is this. 
they forgot you have to stay on duty. They forgot you have to stay on duty. You cannot be a soldier of the cross and be AWOL, absent without leave. You got to be a child of God that says, no, I'm getting ready for the coming of the Lord. I'm getting everybody I can in this house. I'm going to see revival here at this church. I'm going to see my world turned upside down. The wise should be seated, faithful servant that is faithful to feed and make sure that the rest of the servants are taken care of. Notice what happens to him. When the master comes back, he says, he will make him ruler over all that he hath. He'll make him ruler over all that he hath. But the other one that is self-centered, that is beating people, that is what the men servants, the maidens, he's just wrapped up in eating and drinking and wanting to be drunken. Notice thou Lord, look at 46. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and an hour when he is not aware and will cut him asunder. Cut him in two and appoint him his portion with unbelievers. Don't ever think you're eternally secure. Don't ever think you're eternally secure because you got the Holy Ghost and you talked in tongues and got baptized in Jesus' name one day. He said, you know what will happen? There is probably no greater condemnation in the word of God that Jesus ever speaks against anyone than this. This individual. I mean, do you sense the anger? The frustration? That what will he do? Take him. And cut him in two. That's an extremely gruesome thought. And if that's not enough, he will throw him and give him an, a, a portion with the what? Unbelievers. A disciple will make a decision that will cause them to end up in hell. Why? They weren't living in readiness. They weren't ready. They weren't alert. They weren't standing their duty. They were wrapped up in themselves, all they could get, and all that they could possess. I struggle with people that don't have a duty. I struggle with people that say they're a disciple and they don't have a duty. 
Let me tell every widow in this place, when you look at the early church, the ministry of the widow was there. And every time you see them, you'll see them giving themselves to prayer. I don't care if you're a widow. You need to understand, it's your duty to be here every time there's a prayer meeting. It's your duty to make sure that what this man of God, this woman of God is being prayed for. You need to make sure the bishop and his wife's being prayed for. You need to make sure you need to get a church directory and you need to make up in your mind, I'm calling out the names of these people. I don't care if it takes me two weeks, but that's my ministry and I'm not leaving my duty I don't care. I might not have the strength to work like I used to in the Sunday school. I might not have the strength to do what I used to do. But I still got a duty. And it's there to call on God. To get a hold of God. And bring about apostolic revival. You see... He closes this whole thing by saying one thing. Verse 47. And that servant which knew his Lord's will. Wow. You know, some people are always, well, I want to know what the will of the Lord is. Let me tell you. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. That's the will of the Lord. Quit trying to get wrapped up. Well, until I hear the Lord tell me this or that. You need to get something in you that says, you know that God wants you to be what working in the harvest. You know that God wants you to pray. You know that God wants you to give. You know that God wants you to worship. You know that God wants you to be addicted to the saints, encouraging each other, helping each other. Don't try to give me this stuff. Well, I don't know the will of God. You know the will of God. You know the will of God. The will of God. You know it. Notice, neither did according to his will. Notice, that phrase gives you the thought of action. It gives you the thought of action. The one that, what? Knew the Lord's will and prepared not himself. Neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. got to understand. Friend, you've got to realize this is a real deal. You've got to understand we're talking about eternal things. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about you making it to heaven. We're talking about you getting in the rapture. We're talking about you, friend. 
If you're a disciple, you got to get something in you that says, I know his will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes. If it means I vacuum, I vacuum. If it means I clean, I clean. I don't care what it is. I'm going to do it. I'm here. I've got your back. I'm on your side. You can depend on me. I'm with you. I know there's a revival that's coming our way. And I'm doing everything I can. But the one that didn't know the Lord's will. Notice the next verse. He didn't know and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. And then he says this. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him they asked the more. You've been given this message right here. Acts 2.38 You've been given this message, Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. You've been given what? Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You've been given apostolic truth. There's a lot being required out of you more than you even understand. There is something that God is asking out of you because you've got truth that the rest of this world does not have, does not know, doesn't have a revelation. You've had a pulpit preached to you, what, for 75 years about the truth of the word of God. This church has got an awesome responsibility. Much is required out of you because of what you know you gotta make up in your mind I'm giving it everything I got I'm not setting down I'm not pulling back I'm not waiting anymore I'm getting in there with everything I've got I've gotta worship I've gotta pray I've gotta give I've gotta sow it I've gotta work I've gotta do everything I can Seated your giftings, your talents. Everybody here has got talents. Some talents, very obvious, are musical. Some talents are like our good brother who made this. Other talents are like Sister Paisley that's able to use the internet to there reach others. Every one of you has got some particular talent. You might have a talent that you can just talk to anybody. Oh yes, not everybody's got that talent, but that might be your talent. That talent was not yours. It was given to you by God. The first thing that this lets us know is this. God gives bountiful abilities and gifts. You first thing when he says that what to whom much is given. What's that saying? 
God is a giver. God is a tremendous giver. God is a great giver. God gives more than what we bargain for, what we ask for. That's the first thing that it says, that what God gives us more than what we've had. You had nothing when you came to God. You got more today than you've ever had. You didn't have faith in yourself. You had low self-esteem, but God picked you up and helped you. That statement lets us know that God is a big giver. He's a giver that's greater than anything that we could understand. He's generous in what he gives. The other thing is this. The second thing he says, no man's got a right to live for himself. You can't live for yourself. You can't be selfish. You can't just think about yourself. You've got to understand that's what this world needs is a revival of unity and community where we love one another, where we're picking up one another, Another. No one's got the right to live for themselves. The third statement that that gives, that is given to us, is this that we have a great responsibility for what we have been given. We've got a great responsibility. I've got to use it. The fourth thing, thought is my talents have been given to me by God and I got to give them to him. One of the most important things that I found out in my own life, responsibility can make me come to the house of God when I don't feel like it. Responsibility, having a duty, standing on the job, being the usher, being the greeter. None of those guys are like me, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes I don't even want to come up and preach. Sometimes, guess what? I'm facing junk. I don't feel like doing it. I feel like staying home, drinking a cup of hot chocolate and relaxing. Let everybody do what they want to do. They don't listen to me anyway. But you got to understand, I've got to live in, I've got to live. Uh, a life of readiness. I don't know when he's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when he's going to call me. I don't know when I'm going to fall over dead. I don't know when a heart attack's going to hit me. I don't know when I'm going to die of a car accident. I don't know when the trumpet sounds, but something in me says I got to be watching. I got to be watching. I got to be looking. I got to be alert. 
I've got to watch not just the signs of the times. I've got to watch myself. I've got to watch my attitude. I've got to watch my words. I've got to watch my thoughts. I've got to look at myself and say, no way. That's not getting a hold of me. I've got to be ready. I've got to be alert to my own weaknesses. I've got to be alert to my own temptations. I've got to be alert to where I've fallen before and not walk down that same road. I've got to be alert. I've got to be looking. What do I have to do? I have to walk circumspectfully. I've got to be walking, looking, what's in front of me. Oh, yeah, I learned that a long time ago. B.J. Wilmoth, he's looking for what's there on the, on the floor. Oh, yeah, I saw that crayon, him throw that crayon over there this morning. You know what I did? In the back of my mind, I said, I'm not walking over there because I know what will happen if I step on that crayon. I'll be all over because why? I know I got a weakness in my walk. And so because of that, I'm looking for dips. I'm looking for pennies that fall. I'm looking for anything that will cause me to fall. You got to get something in that you know your weakness. You know your temptation. You got to be alert to it. You got to be watching for it. You got to be saying, no, I'm not going that way. I'm not doing that. got to get to the place that you understand what kind of disciple are you a wise faithful one you see we need to realize that when That our actions in the present determine our future. The actions in our present determine our future. I don't know one person here, I don't know any of your stuff. I don't know nothing. I just know that every day this week I've got up and prayed for you. Every morning between 5.30 and 6.30 God directed me to preach this. on my heart because I don't want one lost I don't want one young person lost 
I don't want one teenager lost. I don't want one young couple lost. I don't want people to lose their salvation because they get so wrapped up in this world. Who's this for? Is this for us or is it for all? Is it for the whole crowd? Is it for the everyone or? No, it's for disciples. People who think. People who are following, but they're not following at the level where they're alert. They're watching and they're standing duty. Oh God, help the church. Help the church. I've been raised in this. I never realized until I started studying this. You have an opera, you have a responsibility to serve. You have to be serving. You have to be doing. You have to be doing. I've heard all my life about what? You gotta be ready, you gotta be alert. But when I looked at this and I saw it was about doing. It was about doing something. It was about having a ministry. It wasn't about just coming to church and sitting like a bump on the log. It was about saying, God, I'll do it. Whatever, pastor, tell me, help me, show me. What do you need? I'll do it. It's about what? Making up in your mind. I want you to stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Are you living in a state of readiness? Are you living in a state of readiness? To live in the state of readiness, you got to be watching. You got to be alert. You got to be watching for the deception of the devil. You got to be alert about his ways. And then you've got to be doing work in the kingdom. You've got to be in the field. You've got to have a ministry. You've got to be doing something. You can't just come here and sit. You got to get involved. You can't pull back. You can't say, well, I used to do it. And I'm too tired now. No, you've got to get in there. you got to say, I'm giving it everything I've got. Because why? That's how you live in a state of readiness.
your choice. Are you going to be a wise, faithful servant? Or are you going to be a self-centered servant? Hallelujah. I'm talking to you, sir. I'm talking to you, ma'am. I'm talking to you, young person. It's time to get a hold of God. It's time to say, God, I'm shaking myself, my lethargic spirit. I'm shaking everything off of me. I'm making my dedication like I've not done. I'm getting up out of here. And when I get up, I'm taking time for action. I'm making up my mind that now is my time. I'm going to be a wise, faithful servant. I'm going to be a wise, faithful servant. Notice a wise, faithful servant is a doing servant. Everybody thinks the economy of God is God that you just hang on to what you got. But Jesus, in the parable of the five, two, and one talents, he said the one held on to it. But he was an unfaithful servant. An unfaithful servant is one that not just hangs on to what the master gives to them. But what? That's an unfaithful servant. But a faithful servant is one that takes it and multiplies it. That's why when you look at a wise, faithful servant, they're doing. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your head right now. I want you to pray. Hallelujah. What kind of disciple are you today? What kind of disciple are you? What are you doing? Do you have a ministry? Do you have a job around this church? Do you have a responsibility? What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your energy? Is God number one? What's happening? Are you teaching a Bible study? Are you sharing with someone on the job? What are you doing? You gotta make up. Are you spending time in prayer? Are you there a prayer warrior for God? Are you someone that is saying, oh God, hallelujah, I want you. I'm looking for those right now that wanna be wise faithful servants that want to come to this altar tonight and say God I want to be alert I want to be ready I want to be doing I've got to be doing I'm looking for people tonight that there understand that's how you live in readiness Jesus is coming church Jesus is coming Jesus is coming it's time to awaken out of sleep for our salvation's nearer then we first believe Jesus is coming. 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 Come on, church. Come on, that's it, cry out to God. Reach out to God, reach out to God. I gotta be a wise, faithful servant. I gotta work in the kingdom. I gotta find a responsibility. I gotta give myself to the kingdom. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. You gotta be ready. You gotta be alert. You gotta be doing. 
Jesus is coming! If you know, you know the will of God, you gotta start doing it. You gotta start doing it, that's it. Begin to open up your heart right now to God. Begin to say, God, waken me up. Help me, oh God. Help me understand, God. Help me like never before. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's it. 